Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of Refresh. It's the end of the day for people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good evening. I'd, want, I'd like to welcome you to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. Um, before we get started, I'd like to give a quick shout out to all of the hosts of NHISG, uh, Sports Media, and to my girl, Princess Cooper. Today, I want you guys to plug in, and um, even if you have any questions today, I'm going to allow you to call in, and we can talk about this, because I think that um, this is a very serious topic. Um, Today, we're going to entitle it, um, Could It Be Our Fault? But in actuality, what we're talking about is gun control, what's going on in our schools, what's going on in our country. Uh, with most of our main focus on what's happening in schools. Last week, I had two special hosts. I had um, Chaselyn Johnson and Bethany Taylor uh, as our youth host of that week. And we have uh, this week, along with uh, Tasha Sterling, who is also one of the producers of the show, uh, and myself, Regina Johnson, uh, Caitlin is going to be joining us while we talk about could this possibly be our fault? Uh, before we move much further, I want to invite you to tune in uh, throughout the week uh, to NHISG, some great shows going on. Also, I'd like for you to plug in with me uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. On Twitter, you can find me at Journey Strong. Um, I know I've been out Uh, quite a bit this past season, a lot going on here in Texas for us, but we're about to uh, get going, and there's going to be some great and uh, upcoming things that I want you to be a a part of, so be sure and plug in to what we're doing in this this hour. Um, So let's let's get started talking about it. Um, Let's first start, uh, jump right in with what just happened, uh, the shooting in Florida, and uh, Tasha, I want to just kind of get your opinion. And the reason why I'm utilizing Tasha today is because Tasha is an educator. She teaches um, kindergarten as well as producing this show. Um, She teaches kindergarten in Huntsville, Texas. Uh, If you've never heard of Huntsville, it is uh, probably about an hour uh, outside of Houston, Texas. But it's also a place where you have heard of where a lot of Hardened criminals have actually come through our prison system uh, down in that area. No, it's true. Uh, And so when you hear about various things happening uh, here and the prisons that are involved, it is uh, happening right down the street, probably about uh, an hour outside of Houston. And uh, so, Tasha, today I want to talk to you about, you know, how do you feel about protection in the schools, and what do you think that uh, you could do better or we could do better to help 
Uh, as a matter of fact, just kind of talk about what's going on with your school. Okay, so for me, um, the shooting brought up a lot of um, security aspects because our school is older and it may not, it does not have the same protection as some of the other newer schools. Like my daughter's school, you can't even get into them. It, it's glass and the secretary is behind glass. In our school, unfortunately, it's not. You can walk in and, um, you know, there is a secretary there. There are people there. But there's nothing per se blocking you. Right. And so that's something that has been brought up in, and teachers have been talking about and things we have been bringing up to administration. Um, and even like the way our classrooms and things are set up. I was going to mention that when you get to where your section is, it's like an open area. And then you were telling me yesterday that there's actually no doors on the rooms, is that correct? No, there's doors on our rooms, but, but there's no doors door stopping pod. you in the in what the we pod. call the pod area. Okay. So there's um so when you when you walk into our into our hallways, down our hallways, when you look either right or left, you'll see what we call pod areas. And it's like this big group of space that has five classrooms, but we have like um a big area, almost like what you would call a living room area mm -hmm. um, in a house. Mm -hmm. And so for us, for kindergartners, we have things out there that they can read or we have a kitchen set and we have our teacher table where we sit and eat lunch or where we plan at, like that. Right. And so that's a big open, open area. Open area where the kids from uh, multiple rooms could be out. At any given time. At any given time, mm -hmm. right. And so that has brought up some concern also since the shooting, like um, getting doors, um, bringing, like having ID cards to access the doors, mm -hmm. things like that. Because, yes, our doors do lock. We can lock our doors. Um, we pull a magnet and can lock it. Your individual room. Our individual but room. But if we actually have the kids, like say if a shooter came in, and you guys were unaware, there is very, it's very possible that you could have children out in the pod. Is that what you're saying? Right, because we, we do like a lot of free centers, especially on Friday. So there might be kids playing on the sandbox, kids playing um, in the kitchen area, kids up, up top on the loft reading books. Um, you could have kids doing small groups out mm -hmm. there. Sometimes we put them out there with iPads if they're doing something different from the other class and we leave our door open, things like that. So by the time, and we unfortunately are one of the first ones. So by the time we hear a gun or they start shooting, it may very well be at our pod first. Okay. And so we would have, these are thoughts going through our mind, like, what do we do? We have to lock our doors and lock our, our kids in there so we can protect the other kids if we can't necessarily start throwing them in the classroom quick enough. One of the things that we were, I was discussing with um, uh, Chaselyn and Bethany was, um, you know, drills, things that are already in place in the larger schools. Like they actually have drills that been going on in their lives that I didn't even know about it uh, because Jason's my youngest daughter. They've been prepping them for things like this since elementary school. Is that one of the things that happens at the smallest areas, the districts where you guys are? We have talked about it in staff training. Like they did a big thing on it, um, just the teachers, and they do drills with the teachers. Um, they actually bring um, armed police officers in, but, are but they in not with the kids. Not with the, not with the kids, not yet. So um, other grades have started talking to the older kids about what mm -hmm. to do. Um, we are discussing it as a group how to teach our kindergartners because they are little mm -hmm. and we don't want to frighten them. We don't want to scare them, but it's just like a fire drill. We want them to be able to know what to do. Now, is it just that the kindergartners don't know what to do or is it like that in the rest of the school? In the beginning, before the beginning of this year, it was like that. But more teachers since the shooting, like this week, we've seen them out teaching the students where to go, showing them where to wow. run. Because even when they did our, um, our presentation, they said the best thing is to try to get them out 
So open your windows, let them run. Do not try to stuff. If you have to stuff them in closets or bathrooms, that's fine. But if there is an option to get out of the building, that's what you're aiming that's what you're for. Aiming for so right. To get the kids free from where the shooter. Yeah. My only concern with that is, you know, what if there's multiple shooters? What if it's not just one that's in the building? What if it's one outside of the building? Uh, you know, and then we release them outside. But I guess there's more options. Is that the reason why? Yes, there's more options. And they know to run to the field or they can run this way. And then if we would hear, because we're by the front of the building, so if we would hear shooting, of course, we wouldn't release them. We would just start hiding them in closets and hiding them in the locked bathroom and, and things like that and preparing ourselves if they could enter our room because our door would be locked. Um, and we don't, it's a big wood door, so it's not like it's all glass where they can shoot through or anything like that. Right. So it would deter them more than likely because most of the time shooters that come into school, they're looking for quick access and as much bodies as they can shoot up in a very quick amount of time. You being a teacher, it has to even change. Uh, and I know, like, you just recently exited from the military. You were in the military for how long? Ten years? Seven. Seven years. And... Um, and so you're out of an environment where, you know, it seems like that your life would be, you know, on the line. And here you are an educator in a school and your mind has to almost operate like it did when you were in the military. How does it affect you knowing like I'm a school teacher and I might be the only thing between my children and, uh, and, and this shooter? It's very scary because um, you, I don't think you sign up. Certain jobs, you know the risk of, yeah, right. of what you're doing. Like a cop, you know. Right. Military, you know. But as an educator, you don't think that, that you're going to have to no. I'm going like, to retire. And, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to take a bullet for them, which I would gladly do it. But you don't, your mind doesn't go there when you're thinking, right. I want to teach little right. kids. Right. You don't, you don't. But now it's like our mindset has to be like, what right. would I do? Yeah. How would I react? What, what object can I put right there in my grasp if they come in wow. where I can throw it at them? So you're concerned, you're, you're focused on teaching <laughs> letters, you know, how to write and how to protect yourself from someone coming into your school, which right. is ridiculous. It, it is crazy. Yeah, it, it is. it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, have you noticed that there is like a, not only just are you concerned, but are you noticing that the administration is now kind of, you know, like, what are we going to do? And the reason why it's sort of a big deal on our end is because, you know, we're in one of the small, we're smaller areas. We're not like uh, in New York or, uh, or in Florida or, you know, Chicago. You know, places where you think, okay, these are the places where this would happen. It seems like the places where we're seeing this occur, not in the cities that you would say, oh, there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of gun uh, activity going on. Like um, Chicago, unfortunately, is known for, you know, X amount of killings, even though I don't think that that's quite fair. Because if you really look at the numbers that a lot of other large cities uh, you know, there's there's a lot that's going on there, but it's known for it. It's known for it. Um, the scary thing is we're hearing about these shootings in places that we never thought. Is that one of the reasons why it kind of brings alarm to you? Uh, and and maybe and that's what I was saying. Is the administration uh, concern? It does. And then um, I noticed, of course, when anything happens, it's more heightened. Everything is heightened. And we had like a um, unplanned fire alarm. And we talked about it as a staff, not the administration, but, but my kindergarten teachers. And we all thought something else was happening before it was even a fire alarm. And so to even have to have that thought, like, the alarm's going off because there's there's an right. intruder. Right, it can't be a fire drill. Right, right. So Charging somebody. Right, because it was pouring, and wow. most of the time they're not going to do um, if it's planned. They're not going to do that because we had to take wow. our kids out in the rain and in puddles and things like that. So we that was our first thought. But then once the administration came over and said, you know, it's it's a fire alarm, get out. Um, you know, was of it course, a real one or was it a drill? 
Um, it wasn't a drill. It did get set off. It was, there wasn't anything in our wires or anything. It just it set off for some reason, and they had to come check it. So it wasn't planned. No one tripped. It tripped itself. Oh, okay. So so it was real in the sense um, that it did go off by itself. Right, no one, and it wasn't a drill. It wasn't a drill. Right. And so we had to get all our kids out. And, um, and that was scary enough. So that made me think about if it was like an intruder, and, and our children were all bunched up, and so it made us think and even talk to administration about, about practicing and walking them through different drills because we practice fire drills all the time. And they still, when it came down to it, they got bunched up because of the water, you wow. know? So it's, it's things like that, like being able to talk them through different things and how would they react? You, you won't know. Hopefully we won't ever have to find out, right. but right. you won't know. Until but it's better to be prepared than to enter into a situation and you've not prepared at, at all. Hey, look, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back, and I'll follow up on why I named the show. Is it our, could it possibly be our fault? Everything I need is 
Today, uh, the topic of our show is, could it be our fault? We're actually talking about gun control, but really what's happening in our schools. I told you if you were with us before the break that I would sort of explain that, why we entitled the show, could it be our fault? The reason why I'm saying that is, is it because we have permitted ourselves um, or permitted our children to play games? that sort of desensitize them? Is it that we have taken away so many things that would keep kids in line? Uh, one of the big pet peeves for me, and I know it probably won't be for a lot of people, but when we started taking prayer out of schools, um, we put a lot of stipulations on disciplining children. It is as if when you're at school, you can't tell a lot of times who's the teacher and who is the kid. Kids talk to teachers like they are children. Um, and what the scary thing about it is they have parents that back them up on poor attitude. And so I'm wondering if while we're, we have allowed for years um, the games to babysit our kids, uh, teaching them how to shoot and uh, like, uh, I won't start naming anything, but, you know, the really graphic um, games were gunfire and it, it you know, it's taking place. Did that play a part in desensitizing a generation of people to where they're not afraid to pull the trigger? They're not afraid to see people die. As a matter of fact, that's the way that they feel it's the best way to answer or resolve whatever's going on with them. When I was growing up or angry with my parents or angry with my teacher, uh, you know, the last thing I'm thinking about is going to get a gun and kill my parents or shoot up my neighbor. But we first started seeing it like in the postal service where like the postal workers and it, it became like this joke. You're like, you don't want to upset the postal worker. He'll come back up there. She'll come back and kill everybody. Um, you know, and so that was where one of the, and now we're seeing it not so much there, but we're seeing it, you know, not so much on in the workplace. We're seeing it in our schools. And it's not like adults, like a father or motherless man. It's a teenager, a young adult who experienced bullying or whatever, or, or was just frustrated with their own lives and feel like, you know what, this is the best way to resolve it. And so my thoughts have gone to, could this possibly be, uh, you know, the house that we built? Did we put everything in place? As a Christian, I'm, I, I truly believe that the moment that we pull prayer out of schools is a big problem. Now, I might lose a few listeners when just by saying that, but I'm telling you, it, it's been, I was a part of that generation where we could see the, 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 the consequences of prayer taken out of the schools and um, where we gave the kids. The kids had so much leniency to really say and do whatever. We were so afraid of, of uh, you know, child protective services coming in. We were so afraid of losing your jobs. You were, so, you know, the kids' word was was taken over the teachers. And and granted, there have been some things that happened uh, to you know kind of highlight some poor conduct uh, concerning teachers. But let me tell you, the conduct concerning many of the children far outweighs the conduct of teachers. You know, it's like, you know, my goodness, I don't, I don't even know what the rationale would be of that. But I know that, you know, for all of the abuses and all of the, the misconducts of teachers, 
compared to the teachers that are afraid to go to school because they have kids. I remember reading an article and actually watching a video of a teacher who was afraid in her classroom. The kids would come in and literally stand over her and bully her, and she was afraid. Slap her work out of her hand, you know, hit her, and no one came to her rescue. Now, if, if that teacher coughed off like a lot of the kids have done, that would have been, oh, my goodness, probably the worst thing that you could have ever seen happen, even though it would have been something bad. But it's because we have no stipulations in place to really control kids from being out of control. We've given them a yes, thumbs up to whatever you want to do, thumbs up. Express yourself however you choose to, thumbs up. Curse the teacher out, thumbs up. Walk out of the room. Man, you couldn't have done that. You could not have done any of those things when I was growing up. As a matter of fact, and I'm not suggesting this, but it worked. And uh, But shoot, if you tried to walk out of a teacher's classroom, I, I wish my husband was here. He talked about this coach. No, it was a teacher, a male teacher. And he tried to get flipped with him. And the man just yanked him up and slammed him up against the lockers and told him, I will not be talked to like you, like a child and, and you are the adult. It's not going to happen. And in that, those boys that thought they could get away with it, they were, uh, they knew. They knew that there, were, there was a line that they could not cross. Now, I'm not suggesting that we mistreat, abuse, or mishandle. But I'm just saying there should be a clear line drawn in the sand to not give our children so much liberty. And I'm not speaking from a place of not having kids. I have five children, and I know you have to deal with each child differently. But while we are looking at how to keep gunmen out of the schools, maybe we should look at not raising kids that would want to shoot down someone. But I, I, I don't know. If you're listening, you know, just, you know, feel free and call in, and you can talk to us about it. Because, I mean, I, I really have a problem with this. Tasha, you were saying that the – you would like to see parents, uh, teachers get to a place, though, where they are concerned or where they care. Elaborate. Yes, more of where, um, where they are concerned about the safety and concerned about their students. Um, because we do teaching in um, a school that is a Title I school. We have kids from all types of backgrounds, and they're not good backgrounds. These That's what I was going to say. Explain that. When you say a Title I school, you know, in different areas of the United States, they may not know what you're talking about. So explain what a Title I school and a Title I child would look like. The majority of our kids qualify for free or reduced lunch. So most of them are coming from poverty already. They're living in um, where they might not get dinner at night. They may not get food, you know, for breakfast if they don't get it at school. Um, Is it lot, just the food? Really, like, you're dealing no, with kids. you're that, dealing with, uh, of course, in, in all schools you have single parents, but a lot of these kids are coming with single parents that can't make ends meet, that don't have good jobs. The dads aren't involved. There's no support there for the children. And not um, great parenting skills. And not great parenting skills. A lot of these parents are doing the best that they can do with what they have. Right. But but it's hard raising a child by yourself. Right. And you don't have all of the things in place right. or needed. And then even kids that have two parents, um, they they're living in poverty for whatever reason. Right. They're not making enough. The jobs aren't there. Only one parent can work. What whatever the reason is, there are right. so many. A lot of my kids live in housing that, you know, is not is it's not acceptable. Right. It's right. not acceptable. A lot of them live in neighborhoods that aren't safe. Mm -hmm. A lot of them go home to screaming and yelling and, and their their lives are not conducive. So then they come to school and we see that. We reach that. Even from in from kindergarten. Even right? from kindergarten. Right. Even from kindergarten they act out, they lash or they're clingy. You um they constantly need reassurance. Um, wow. You have to tell them they're doing good. They want to be loved on. They want to be hugged and kissed. I, I have this this one little child. She, they always tell me they love me. All my kids tell me they love me. Yeah. But it's like they Everybody need that. Everybody loves the kindergarten teacher. Right, right. They all need that. Like, 
Like you're you doing great. That that's or, different. It's, right. It's coming from a different place. Right. And they need that. Like they need that reassurance. Like almost like you're their safe spot. Right. And and so it takes and all the teachers will tell you that. It's like you really have to have a compassion. And sometimes after teaching for so many years, you can your heart gets hard or mm-hmm. you get tired of the circumstances, the kids that come through. Because it is rough. It's it's not a it's not an easy job when you're in a school, a title one school dealing with kids that have, you know, you're not just trying to teach them, you're dealing with behavior issues all day long while you're trying to teach the other ones that may want to learn. Right. And so it's a lot of juggling and and learning. So what you were saying was that, but you you want teachers to take on a a bigger role or just be more concerned about what's going on in the school. Right. More concerned. And then um, educating yourself, like we were talking about how the big thing is gun control now, like having teachers um, who who have guns on them and how it how it is split. Like some are okay with that and some so are, are you not. Saying teachers that actually have guns? On yeah, them? that would be able to carry guns. Oh, you think that would be able to? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh. No, 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 not sh- having guns on them. Don't shatter my, no. my world and tell me to see kindergarten teachers. No. <laughs> no, but that's what they're looking to do is to have teachers right. carry so that they can put signs so that maybe it would stop some of them. And I think there's a place for that. But me personally, I wouldn't want to carry because my kids are at my hip level. They're right. at where I would have the gun on me, you know, and I don't for me, that would be more scary to see my kindergarten teacher with the weapon <laughs> than to put other things I don't know. Place. You might have those that would be quite comfortable with it because they may have seen it. And then I just think about all the things I do through the day. Like I may be laying on the floor, bending down. Uh, it, it's so you much. You have to learn that... how to be like a cop. <laughs> you got to roll on the floor with your 45 <laughs> on your hip. I'm just saying. I think that's with, a little. With your cop in kindergarten. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not down to but I really do. Um, I was looking at, uh, well, actually, I was speaking to someone I know that's in law enforcement, and a lot of the ways that children are, I mean, the games that are played, they're almost like um, simulations of training. And, you know, like with gunfire, how to become comfortable with seeing people, uh, it's like a simulation of watching people die. And um, and so that's one of the places and I know, like, I'm not going after the gaming industry because, for starters, if I did, I'd probably have to deal with a few people in my own home. Uh, my husband's a gamer. My, my youngest son's a gamer. And, uh, you know, their friends are gamers. And, and so they do that for relaxation. But maybe we need to put an age limit on when. I mean, and then... Who would be the person that would determine that? Because, again, it rolls back into the home. It would, like, if the mom is at work, who's telling this kid who's a latchkey kid comes in on their own, who's the one that's going to say, you know, no, you can't watch it? Because, really, kids will be kids. If it's something they really want to do, they'll find a way to be able to do it. So, I mean, you know, maybe we want to start there. Maybe when, you know, in the gaming industry, that as they're uh, designing these games that we need to consider, are we putting tools in young teens, young uh, boys and girls, you know, hands to teach them it is all right to take a life or to be comfortable seeing someone die? You, I don't think you should ever become comfortable seeing someone violently die. And what's scary about it is they feel like because they see it in the simulated way that it's the same as when you take someone's life. But I've heard uh, friends of mine uh, that are in law enforcement make the statement, watching someone die for real is nothing like the game. But that child, that teen that goes in there, it's almost like you have to be on, like, on automatic you know, to just go into school and just start dropping people, just start killing kids. I, I believe that once the first, you shoot the first couple, um, they have to almost keep going or else you have to stop and recognize what I've just done. 
And uh, I don't know exactly how to fix it, what has already happened, but I know more than just gun control, I think that we need to really take a hard look at what we have removed as a society and what we permit as a society. I think that we need to become more aware of how the, our actions at home, how our actions as adults around kids, the things we say and we do, how it really is impacting them and giving them permission to be uh, violent, to be rebellious, to be, you know, uh, disrespectful. Um, I, I think that we need to take a, a closer look at what we have permitted. Now, I know there are those that would probably argue with me on that. But, um, you know, I know that when I was, we say it jokingly, you know, that man, my mother, she would have caught a case if they would have ever come home and saw the whippings that we probably got. But you know what? Uh, I, I, know how to, I know how to respect other people's personal space. Still to this day, I yes, ma'am, older people, um, you know, I, I, I know, and even if I get out of bounds because I feel like I'm older and, and I'm comfortable with, you know, whatever it is, and I feel like I'm right, even if I engage in a conversation and it comes off kind of disrespectful, I know as a 56-year-old woman to go back and to apologize to that elder, to that whatever. And I've found myself in the place of doing it, even with my own mother still today. I mean, really, what can she, well, I don't know, that lady's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, I think, what can she do? Can she spank me? Can she whip me? No, worse than that, I could break her heart. And I don't want to do that. I want her to know that the time that she invested in my life, the money, the, the you know, just protecting me and feeding me, that it didn't go to waste and that I appreciate it and that I wouldn't want to do anything that would bring embarrassment or shame to her uh, in any way. So, hey, look, guys, we have just a couple more minutes before our next break. So I'm going to go ahead and step out just a little bit earlier. You are listening to Regina Johnson. This is Refresh, and I'll talk to you in a few seconds. Never Had It So Good 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform. Like Pastor Regina Johnson, Refresh Radio. James Deshay, Thoughts, Love, and Reflections. Daquan King, Revive Radio. Warren Sally, with Man Cave Radio. Sky Wonders, with Unmuted, Your Voice Matters. Wake Up Call Radio, with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally. Peace Within Radio, with Henry Washington. The Bible Has the Answers, with Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Dig Radio, with Pastor Annetta Watson. Crazy Sports Mom with Doretha Anderson. Been there, done that with Cindy Smith. Pave your way to success with Rudy and Michelle Govan. Spiritually reincarnated with Gilbert Sines. In times like these with Benita Coney. Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D and Travis McGee. Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Nick Emerson. Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson. Power 803. With Reverend John Robinson, Totally Healed Radio with Angel Anderson, Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson, and It's a Way Out and a Way to Stay Out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here on Never Had It So Good 101.1, the world's radio station.
I disappeared and then dropped to the ground like a miscatch. But I, I'm done with that. You can tell them all that I'm done with that. No more backing down into the background. That's not because I put them old habits down, uh huh. I follow the leader and where he may take me may make me a leader. It's road on the wall, all you need to do is read it. Can't be a lame duck and it's over the ego. So I'm crossing the line. Tell them all, dog, that I lost for my time. Ain't standing in this place because I got it when I race and I'm running for a crime. Can't back it down, nah. Quick question, what is your kryptonite? You know, kryptonite, like from the Superman movie, the pieces of krypton that will fall to the earth and then Superman will come in contact with it. Kryptonite, okay, small pieces of your past falling into your future, robbing you of your destiny. Kryptonite, what is yours? Is the person down the street you knows so conveniently always is willing to remind you of who you used to be before you were redeemed? Or is it the memory of a place where you were broken when you were young? A bad marriage? Bad circumstances? I mean, I don't know. Today, I want you to identify what is your kryptonite. Would you grab hold of it and reduce it to nothingness? Because the season of living a defeated life is over. It's time for us to live unstoppable lives. To order Unstoppable You by Regina Johnson, go to Lulu.com, Google Books, and Amazon. back to refresh. If you've been plugged in, we've been having some great dialogue. Uh, in our show today is entitled, Could It Be Our Fault? We're actually talking about gun control. Really, what's going on in the schools? Should teachers carry? Should they not? How can we better protect our kids? Um, you know, how really do you feel about this? Um, we're talking to Tasha Sterling um, because she is an educator. Uh, she teaches kindergarten. Uh, she's been sharing with us that now, now, this is like not the first time that we've had shootings in school, but now in her school, in her district, they're discussing how to better protect the children. As I was sharing earlier, my youngest daughter, um, they have been doing this and practicing drills since she's been you know, in elementary school. She's 14 years old. Tasha, in a town that's only about 30 minutes away from us, they're just now plugging in. How many other school districts not taking this seriously? Before we go any further, um, I want to I talk to you. Hang on one second. We have, actually have a caller that's calling in. Hang on. Good uh, evening. Uh, this is uh, Tiffany Rayner. Good evening, Tiffany. How are you doing today? You're talking to Regina? On refresh, how's that going? How's everything going with you? It's breaking up. Uh, I know you're calling in today um, about our show. Could it be our fault and what's going on, you know, like with the shooting in Florida? How do you feel about what's been going on? And so I'm glad that you called in so you can share your heart and what maybe you think that we can do to help make this better. This is breaking up. She is breaking up. Did you hear? It? Is she crying? Miss Raina, are you are you there? Are you serious right now? Yes, you you actually are live. When you called in, you you actually were calling in on the on the live line. So feel free to share in your heart exactly where it is. Well, you're here with you're here with us now. So I'm just 
it's the tragedy. Um, it is makes you wonder what else can be done. There's questions of, you know, should we take guns away? And of course, I say no. But um, you know, ultimately, the, where my thought goes is toward the young man. Um, that was actually responsible for the shooting, mm-hmm. and where were his parents? And I know that his family was broken, um, and his mom was passed, and he had been passed from, uh, you know, I don't even think it was a family member or maybe a close relative that he was even living with or that was responsible for him. Uh, and it just made me even more passionate for just the work that we do with our children and how important our home lives are. You know, everybody's really worried about, you know, what policies do we change or what changes do we take as far as laws go when in actuality, in my opinion, it should be the changes that come from our families at home first you know that what? are going to make the difference. That, that's so funny that you that, – that wasn't a plan for you to be calling in you know, on the line to discuss this, but actually that's exactly what we were talking about before you called in. It was like maybe we need to consider how we are raising our kids, what's going on in our home life, what's happening in the environment, what we are exposing our kids to. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm going to go ahead and let you just finish up right there. Go ahead. our children um, good, strong foundations and um, for Christians, of course, is, is to who we are in Christ, but even for those that are not believers, what is it um, that they want their children to know who they are? What are your values? What are your morals? And, and if you don't know, then maybe looking for an answer as an adult for yourself and, and sharing it and passing on that legacy for your children. And then, of course, um, you know, if for, I guess for me, as an adult that works with children a lot, you know, making sure to be that person for them to feel comfortable to come to if they're having troubles at home or caring about their personal lives and extending myself, not just for my family, but um, to those around me that are in my, you know, community or my immediate group of of friends or just people that I know, um, that they feel like there's a safe place or someone that cares. And then, two, letting my children know that they can also be that example to their um, to their classmates and the people that are around them. Um, so that's it, it, it makes a difference. It sounds simple and like it's not really an answer, but it really is because had he had that, had he had a true friend, then maybe those certain thoughts wouldn't have crossed his mind, and maybe he wouldn't have, you know, crossed that whole threshold of you know what happened and ended up taking other people's lives in, in the process. You know. Last week on our show, we had um, Chaselyn and Bethany Taylor, Chaselyn Johnson and Bethany Taylor on the show, and they were saying, actually, I think it was Chaselyn saying, we actually need to be more aware of that, that kid that's at school that's sad or he's bullied or picked on or he's giving off signs that something is wrong and, um, and really befriending them or, or asking maybe the question, are you okay? Is is everything all right? And not saying that every time they're going to just open up and just pour out their guts, you know, what's going on in their lives. But I think that's a great place to start. Um, just even, you know, just being aware, not saying, you know, this is just some some weird kid that likes dressing weird or doing weird things. Maybe he's actually trying to get someone's attention to say, you know, hey, there's something going on in my life and I need help. Hey, look, I know you didn't call in for this now, but your timing was absolutely excellent. Um, I'll catch up with you later, and uh, thank you for being a part of this show. Uh, we have Caitlin uh, here in, um, in the studio, and she is, uh, how old are you, Caitlin? 13? 
about to be 13. About to be 13 years old. And I definitely don't want to uh, miss out on you really sharing how you feel about what's going on, and especially the shooting in uh, Florida. Caitlin? Um, well, I'm sad for those people, but some people at our school are like, well, it's only 20 people, but that's actually a lot of students um, dying. You like, you, you're talking about like other kids? Yeah. Okay, it was just 20 that died. people. That's what I'm talking about. How do you become so desensitized to where you would actually say only 20 died? Like, and I would be so scared, and if I was in that school shooting, right? like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, I'd probably just be crying in tears, right? texting everybody I know, right? right. and telling them what's going on, and I don't really know how to, like, explain it. Like, some people just think it's all joking around, and they would just start laughing and all that. I don't think they would. Ju- I don't, I don't think they would, they would do it either. No. If someone came in and you were in a life-or-death situation, that would not be, be funny. Yeah, and our school is getting more, like, serious at first when it kind of, like, happened. Mm-hmm. They weren't, like, they cared. But they weren't all over protective on our school, even though our school is already protective. Like my mom said, how they have a glass door and all that. Right. And um, but now we did some drills yes. the other day, and how we have to put our book bag over. Tell our tell what you were told about the book bags. A lot of people probably haven't even thought about that. So our teacher, um, she told us how we're gonna do it, like a tornado drill. You put your book bag over your um, back mm-hmm. or pack pack, whatever uh-huh. you say it, uh-huh. and you go over and you bend over like a tornado drill. But if someone shoots that direction, it could help because she said it's kind of bulletproof because of all the books we have because mm-hmm. we're older and all that and um, pages and all that. It could stop. Slow, stop yeah. slow down the book. Yeah, stop or slow it so wow. it's not that dangerous. Wow. Is that something that your teacher came yes, up with on her own? Yes, our teacher came up on it on her own. On her own. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like, to, I like that hearing that in individual rooms, classrooms, that teachers are thinking kind of like what you were saying, Tasha. They're, they already have plans. They're, they're thinking like, okay, how can, this, how can this work? You know, how can I better protect my kids? What would I do? What can we bring to the table? You know, Having dialogue, you know. She told us already how it's like we were in her period uh-huh. and how it would happen. Mm-hmm. She said we would all hide over the desk and her desk because they could literally just shoot the glass. Because mm-hmm. not the whole entire door is glass, but just the little bit of the window is. So she said what she's going to do is she's kind of like going to sacrifice herself first. And she's one of, like, my favorite teachers. Like, you can go over there and you can tell her anything that's going on at home, any bad stuff, anything, and she'll wow. listen to you. Like, wow. anything. And tons of people tell her things. And wow. she keeps it a secret. She doesn't tell your parents nothing. Wow. But she helps you during it. So she said she would put all the desks, and she doesn't care if she gets, shoot, whatever. Shot. Shot. Right. And okay. so they could go through obstacles. Uh-huh. And she would just start throwing glass at them and all that and try to aim at their head so they can be conscious. I love the fact that she's making you guys comfortable to know that if something happens and you're in there with her, um, that uh, that she is willing to fight for you. You're not just kind of left on your own. Uh-huh. I love it when you were saying, Tasha, that um, you want the teachers to care. That's an example of a teacher, not only just for what's going on with the kids beyond school, but also she's letting them know, I'm going to be here for you. It's a scary enough thing that's happening, but to be able to, you know, uh, know as a teen, a young teen, a tween, you know, because they're kind of in that place, um, to know that you have someone that's there and that at least they're going to do their best to keep you safe that may give you the courage to fight back and create a more a calm uh, setting. Yeah. Tasha? Yeah, and when she was saying that, um, those were discussions we were having. Like I have a teacher who has a big um, 
like rock, and she puts it right there on her front door. She also has a bat behind her desk so that if she has to, she can use it. And then the same thing, I have a big stone, and then I'm going to get a bat because if I have to, I want to be able to protect them. And that's, that's the biggest thing. It's not so much thinking about if we have to sacrifice our lives. It's like how can we protect? These are our future. These kids are the president, the baseball players, the congressmen. It's like we need to, yes, all of those professions, these are them. And if we're not willing to protect them, what are we saying to them? That your lives are not worth protecting? You guys are truly, I know it's cliche, but they are our future. They're the ones that are going to be running it. So to show them, yes, we're going to protect you at all costs, that that says something to them. Yeah, it does. And that lives are not disposable. Mm -hmm. Like how, but, you know, when Caitlin was sharing, about how the kids that are saying it's only just twenty. See, that's what I'm talking about. How do we get? How do we get them from the place uh, where they're looking at lives as if they are disposable? You know, I was sharing on a show not that long ago about a generation that's not afraid to die. But one thing that I've seen, they're not afraid to die because they've already said they're not expecting. A lot of them aren't even expecting to live, you know, past twenty, uh, live, you know, into their thirties. They're not looking at having families and homes. And, and I know somebody's saying, well, where are these kids at? All around you, all around you. And if you have those real conversations with them, that's why it's not hard for them to take their lives. That's why it's not hard for them to take others' lives. Hey, look, but there is something good that's coming out of this. Even though we're seeing these radical things happen, like the gunfires, uh, uh, shootings at school, and I have to be quick with this because we really are at the end of the show. But the thing that's coming out is not only are they taking lives, we are seeing where there is a generation of of both young and old that are laying down their lives for others. I heard a story, and I'll tell you this as we get ready to close right here. There was a young boy that there was gunfire that went off, and he immediately, his mother was away from him and his sister, and he immediately pushed his sister down, and he laid his body stretched out over the top of her. That is not the first time that I've heard this since all of this has been happening, not only just what's going on in Florida, but just overall. I heard it, people that didn't even know people in Las Vegas, adults laying over other adults to protect them. That's one thing. We're showing our true heart in the middle of all of this adversity. Hey, look, I don't know where you are, what's going on in your life, but we can make a change. It's time. Uh, at the risk of sounding uh, 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 cliche, it is time for us to look at the man in the mirror, like um, our beloved Michael Jackson. Nobody could do it like him. Let's take a quick look at us and see how we can make it better. This is Regina Johnson. You've been listening to Refresh. Join me here again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.